Welcome to the Monument Hunts Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Kimenaugh. Have you ever been hunting for information when planning a trip, but didn't really feel like you had an insider's perspective on what to do and where to go? Well, I certainly have had that feeling. I love my home state of Nebraska and outdoor recreation, and when I can combine those two things together, I reach a stage of peacefulness that is unmatched. On top of that, it brings me a lot of joy when I get to share stories and give tips to folks looking to come experience Nebraska's outdoor recreation opportunities. Through this podcast, our discussions will cover topics of hunting, fishing, camping, and general outdoor recreation throughout all of Nebraska. Please sit back and enjoy today's discussion. Welcome to episode number 14 of the Monument Hunts podcast. I'm your host, Josh Kimenaugh. Since the release of episode 13, there has been yet another crisis for 2020. And honestly, I hope that McFly doesn't come back to 2020. If you've seen any of the memes or you know the movie, you know what I'm talking about. As we have all observed the current events happening over the last two weeks, it makes me think of what we deal with in the outdoor world as a sort of microcosm of the greater society that we live in. Of course, What we deal with in the outdoor world is nowhere near as serious as racial injustice, sexist biases, or even religious intolerance. However, the topics that we do deal with in the outdoor world, like whether e-bikes should be allowed in wilderness-designated areas, divide the outdoor-loving group into the supporters and the deniers, or whether a copper mine should be allowed near the protected body of water and the surrounding land, It divides us into conservationists and capitalists. So, as it is, we in the outdoor world also end up divided amongst ourselves. The fact of the matter is, is we shouldn't let topics like these divide us, where it leads us to insult becoming the defense of one side or the other. These divisions should be a catalyst for discussion, planning, and compromise so that we can all enjoy the great outdoors, and still be able to preserve it for future generations. Over a hundred years ago, Theodore Roosevelt and Gifford Pinchot created controversy with some of their efforts to make sure that wild lands, forests, and waters were set aside for generations still in the womb of time to enjoy. While these things created controversies, they also sparked effort to make sure that the nearly non-existent wildlife had a chance to recover people came together over the next couple of decades to step up for conservation efforts. Acts like the Pittman-Robertson Federal Aid and Wildlife Restoration Act, better known as the Pittman-Robertson Act, was created to take an excise tax on firearms and ammunitions. Since this act has been expanded to include an excise tax on other outdoor equipment as well. And this was all done in the middle of a deep depression of the United States. The passage of the act was in 1937 and was signed by a Theodore Roosevelt cousin, Franklin D. Roosevelt. Again, a crisis in the outdoor world was a microcosm for the greater things going on in this country. But the division found a way to come together for the betterment of all moving forward. Today, we have many topics in the outdoor world that need to be addressed, and we need to find ways to come together, come to the table to discuss, plan, and find a compromise. All right, so let's break this down a little bit into some of the current topics that are out there. 
First off, a little while ago, the Land and Water Conservation Fund, LWCF, was permanently reauthorized. Funding for that, however, was not permanently reauthorized, just the act in and of itself. So, LWCF has no funding guaranteed, and there is a ginormous maintenance backlog for our nation's lands, public lands that you and I are owners of. LWCF could receive up to $900 million from offshore oil leases that could be placed and distributed into the fund, and then from there be distributed out to states, counties, towns, and federal agencies. There's also that maintenance backlog on the public lands that needs to be addressed. So, the funding is absolutely necessary. However, the two sides are... We need to have it funded, and the other is, well, it's funded, and there's still money there to be used. A couple of things that need to happen. Not only is there still money there that needs to be distributed, that meaning the process for those who apply for funds from there needs to be improved, but there also needs to be a guarantee of money there so that things like that maintenance backlog can be taken care of. Elected officials that we have need to know that their bipartisan and bicameral effort that they started before this virus pandemic hit needs to continue after they get back to work. Can you imagine if city parks could be maintained at the highest levels of safety and public lands were safe from the risk of major wildfires to nearly zero? Can you imagine what a world that would be? What a wonderful world we would be living in if those things could happen. Additionally, here's another topic. Recently, the administration has moved to reduce the protection of public lands and waters. The Clean Water Act being one of the main ones seeing changes that have been made that could put drinking water in your tap at risk. These changes happen to open up the opportunity for the federal government to lease lands to logging companies and mining companies. Now that might not seem like such a bad thing because we need lumber and we need resources so that we can live the life that we have. The thing is, is the places that are going to be opened up for these put some of the most sensitive land at risk. Places like Tungus National Forest could see new roads cut through the forest and soil runoff filling rivers and streams with sediment as a result of the logging that could take place in the forest under a lease. Now, that's not to say that logging is bad or that there isn't some work that needs to be done there, but what really would be helpful is if we could come to the table and say, okay, let's allow for some logging in these areas so that we can thin out the forest, reduce the risk of fires, and create an overall healthier system rather than just flat out giving a company free reign to go and log a forest and just take swaths of trees out, which would take decades to return back to what it needs to be for the thriving of wildlife. Another one is the mining operations that's being proposed near the boundary waters. The boundary waters are some of the most sensitive waters in the United States. 
and the proposed mine next to the Boundary Waters has a huge risk of leaking chemicals and other hazardous items into the system that is part of the Boundary Waters. If that happens, that would create irreversible damage in a system that is extremely sensitive to changes. You might sit there and say, okay, but mining operations have to take precautions and put them into place so that leaks and other issues don't happen. That's correct, they do. But the fact is, is there has not been a single mining operation in the United States that has not had at least a minor leak accident affecting its surrounding lands. Now, that's not saying that the mine should go away, but what if we came to the table and the mine got moved a little further away? Okay, I get it. The resources might not be as plentiful in that area. They might be harder to access. But what if that mining company decided that, you know what, we're going to come to the table and listen to the other side, and we're going to implement some of the most technologically advanced systems to not only protect the environment, but protect the workers and they would become a leader in the industry. Wouldn't that be amazing if that was something they could, with that type of work, come to the table and say, we can do X, Y, and Z, whatever that may be, and reduce the risk of leaking hazards to almost zero. That'd be pretty amazing if something like that could happen. But as it stands now, whether we're talking about Tunxus National Forest or the Boundary Waters, we're completely divided between two sides. Companies who want to come in and people who want to see these lands preserved and conserved for future generations. So how do we do that? Well, we need to come to the table and we need to talk. These two topics, the need to have funds for our public lands and waters and allowing businesses to work on or near public lands tends to create a division in the outdoor loving community. Some see these as chances to preserve the land and water with no economic growth from them other than the hunting, fishing, hiking, and camping that brings people to those places. Others see these as a way to create major job opportunities and businesses so that the wealth of the general population can continue to grow. The fact is that both sides should come together and find a compromise somewhere in there. Maybe some logging can take place, like I mentioned earlier, with a little bit of science-based effort to take out certain areas, certain trees, so that that health of that forest can grow and prosper, and again, still be there. Or that mining operation can implement some of the most technologically advanced protections to ensure the environment is protected and that it is there for the future generations. As Theodore Roosevelt put, we're not doing this for us today, we're doing this for the generations in the womb of time to enjoy in the future. So the thing is, is our wildlands and waters not only can drive economic growth and business through well-managed practices of logging and mining operations, but also 
through the growth of recruiting and retaining more outdoor loving individuals. So again, I see what we deal with in the outdoor world is somewhat of a microcosm of what we deal with in the greater society. Our current situation in the country that we're facing today really is no different when it comes to finding solutions. Everyone needs to come together, sit down at the table, and figure out what we can do to rectify what has gone on, begin the healing process, reach for common goals, and show that we really are out there and love one another. We really need to think about it like this. We don't send the fire department to Roosevelt National Forest in Colorado when the El Dorado National Forest in California is on fire. We fight the fire that is burning with all the efforts that we can, but we still know that that other forest matters. It's just not on fire, so we don't need to be there. I'll end the podcast today with this. Whether you're dealing with something in society or you're dealing with a topic in the outdoors, I ask that you come to the table with a solution and be there with an open mind that there are possible other solutions to the problem. Take on the responsibility of being a leader. Before I completely end this, though, I want to say this. We have personal friends that have been affected by the recent events that have gone on. And our hearts go out to them. Our prayers and our thoughts are with them every single day. We pray that these wonderful people who have given us so much and have done so much for us find some sort of peace and resolution through the work that leaders are doing. As always, I want to thank you for listening. If you want to take some action on some of these outdoor topics, head over to the BHA website, click on the Take Action page, and you'll find ways to take action there. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach out to me on the Monument Hunts Facebook page, on Instagram at monument underscore hunts, or on email at monument.hunts at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you receive notice of newly released content. As always, thank you for listening and stay safe out there.